whatever you're gonna do, do it to your fullest, or try your best to do it to your fullest. You know, people who wanna do multiple things at once is they should, you know. All right, we're here in the studio with Mike Sandoval, photographer, artist, vintage reseller. Mike, thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome to NDLA. Yeah, so um, I kind of just want to get right into it, man. How did you get into uh, photography? I noticed a lot of your stuff is like street and real and like it's like awesome to like check that out. Photography, when I started, um, one of my friends put me on. Uh, it was in high school. He, I guess this is like kind of when the buzz of like using like film started to come back again. Oh, yep. yep. And um, he like was just taking pictures and I just really like caught on to it i really liked it. i really liked how i was go- uh, looking and uh the way i started was um borrowing one of my friend's cameras uh-huh he had a camera just like that one right there and uh i was just shooting with it he he just let me freestyle and i was just like seeing what kind of angles i like seeing like how i was gonna shoot somebody if i were to like i would go out with my friends in la and we would just shoot so i was just shooting homies uh shooting at parties that i was going to and then when I was like, all right, now I'm going to make the leap to film. It was already like a month of just fucking with the camera. Uh-huh. Um, I moved on to film. I didn't have a job. So uh, <laughs> the way I started was like I would just kind of take all the film from like CVS, disposables, cans. I would use my homie's film camera. Okay. And then I was just shooting everything, you know. Um, and I was sitting on like boxes of film. And until I got a job, I developed it all and I just fell in love with it. So. That was like the moment I like realized, okay, photography is like the next thing I'm gonna do. Yeah. So that I just kept up with it. And I kept finding cameras and thrift stores, and that's kind of more like where my love for thrifting came from. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. How did you learn to develop the film? I know that's not a skill that a lot of people yeah. still have nowadays. I mean, jumping from digital to yeah. I didn't do it myself. Um, yeah, I would just always go to camera stores, uh, my local camera store, probably like the best one in the area, Woodland Hills Camera and Telescopes. It's like right there in Topanga. Okay. Um, and I went there, and that's where my friend was going. So he's like, "Yeah, go here." Um, and I was going there for a bit. That's like where like a lot of my early work was like you know starting and like where I was finding my eye and like my style and you know things I like to shoot and whatnot. So. So your buddy, like, um, he was one of your influences. But did you have like anybody else who like you you looked at for photography, like to to inspire you? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, at first when I started, I wasn't really like. I don't, I don't remember thinking too much about who inspired me until I started finding out more about it, like digging deeper into like, um, like who shoots and stuff and Esteban. I don't know. I always butcher the last name or Oriel or Oriel, something like that. Okay. But uh, he's an LA street photographer. Um, he just came out with a documentary a few years ago called This is Los Angeles. And I've been knowing about him before then, but um, just seeing that kind of like, you know, wrapped up a lot of like what he's done you know, and summed it up and it was like super inspiring. So I remember seeing that and, um, and seeing his work always and just being inspired by like the rawness he captures and, you know, that's yeah. kind of like what I look up to. Yeah. And that, that that's kind of what I see in your art is like that rawness, that real, like um, it, it just feels like so candid and like authentic. Like, um, so yeah, that, that's really cool. I can see how, like where you get that from. So, I mean, tell me about, you said that, you know, going to those vintage stores and like finding those cameras, like that's how you got into to vintage clothing. And I know that you're, uh, you're a vintage reseller. So like, tell me about that story and how you got started with that. So I would kind of always thrift here and there just to find cool stuff. Um, I started kind of catching on that I could kind of buy this stuff and then sell it. I was coming up on pieces before like everybody um, was like really going crazy into it. So there was still enough for like 
the average person to walk in and just find something on on a, on a normal day and you know be happy with it. Um, I was kind of finding cool stuff, and then you know when it turned into like me doing photography, I was finding cameras, and then I was finding music, and um, I would always search for cool CDs or you know if it was one song in the CD I liked, I would still you know find a way to buy it. And this is when my homie hit me up, uh, Adrian. Uh, he hit me up too. It's the guy that I'm business in business with for like the past seven years. Okay. He came to me with a plan. He's like, yo, we can make money with this. Like, this is dope, you know. Uh, we both love clothes. I see, because I would always post on my stories, like, what I'm finding, what I'm, you know, this, I got this today. Or, and he would see that, and he's like, yo, I see that you're doing it, so let's start something. Like, let's build a team. Like, let's mm-hmm. do this. And that's how we started. We just thrifting, hitting Goodwill bins, uh, hitting racks, searching online, eBay, Depop, however we could kind of find a t-shirt or an old item with like worth or with, you know, taste, um, we would find it, you know, and then we would start our curations. We would, you know, put everything in bins, have people pull up to my garage. We pull up to people's houses. Like okay. it was a lot of like, you know, I guess you would call it trapping out of your bins, you know, right, your, right. your teas. Yeah. You and your buddy sort of like built like your own like network kind of mm-hmm. like of um yeah. okay that's cool yeah and you know it was it was also done with the help of of like other people along the way you know we started out with uh, three people and then that shrunk that up to two extra people and then now we're back to just me and him. What is the thrift scene like in LA? Is it is it big here? Uh yeah it it grew uh, over the past few years but it, I mean there's always been a scene it just wasn't as popular as it is like to this day. Um, and it really grew in the past like year and a half, um, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, there's people that have been in this game since way longer than, you know, I even knew about like, okay, you know, finding cool vintage clothes is dope. You know, I always thought it was cool looking at it, but like I never thought deeper than that. And then till I got put onto a whole like scene of people and it's, it's a big community for sure. Um, it's just the communities lie in the markets and in, in the bins, like where people are in the fields, you know. You see the same people, you know, if you're in those, like, if you're in the bins or if you're in the racks or if you are selling at the markets or shopping at the markets, it's like you, people recognize your face. Like, you know, they see that you support them and they support you. Yeah. So it's a, it's a you know, it has its up and downs for sure, but it's more so like, you know, everyone's kind of looking out for each other. Like this is a be. community. Yeah, right? it's a community, yeah. you know. You know, there are there, you know, people who kind of do bad shit here and there, but for the most part, like, you know, it's a big friend group of people, you know. Yeah, uh, Marcus and I were talking about earlier, coming from Michigan, just how how different it is, kind of the the vintage scene and what what uh, vintage shopping even is like mm-hmm. out there compared to what what they have available out here in the markets. Yeah, yeah, because where we're from, um, I mean, you know, me growing up, I was embarrassed to be honest to, to yeah. find or thrift or do anything. My mom was huge on uh garage sales yard sales mm-hmm. um you know i wanted to stay in the car when she like went to goodwill mm-hmm. um but you know now i have much more uh like appreciation to to recycle things and like you know there's still like value in like um this like vintage like kind of mm-hmm. gear um but yeah the, the scene is like completely different out here in la and um i kind of just want to get your insight and like how you think you know, it, it's grown so much in like the last like year and a half. Mm-hmm. You say like, why is it so influential to like this sort of like melting pot of like Los Angeles? I just think it's a a new way to like shop. You know, all these markets are like coming up, and all these events are coming up just from reselling or small businesses. I mean, during COVID, like it sparked up a lot of people to start doing this stuff because mm-hmm. 
there was a lot, there's money in it, you know. Um, you just kind of have to do it right. It has its like shifts and change, you know. And uh, I think it's all coming to a point to where like uh, it's how it's about how you sell and who you are as a seller. Mm, yeah. Like what you sell. Like it, uh, this guy named Thrift Lord was. Uh, they were interviewing him, and he had said something, you know, along the lines of that or that specifically. That like it just depends on you, you know, and how you do your things. It's not just like everyone's seen the same shit already, so you know. And people do see like I guess there's people who you know will just like oh why would I buy an old thing that's this expensive or some pants that are this when I can just buy new ones. So there's like certain people who think along the lines of that, or there's people who just like appreciate you know certain pieces for what they are, or yeah, t-shirts and designs and builds of like certain clothing, you know, jackets, pants, stuff like that. It's a style. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. too, and and you know, it's it it ties in with like sustainability and you know all the like good things that come with buying and reselling. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you're not just like buying from a corporation like you know, JC Penney. It's earth conscious, yeah. I might add too, right? <laughs> For sure. It supports other people who, you know, are also doing work, mm -hmm. you know. And even from a fashion standpoint, I mean, you know, fashions come and go, but mm -hmm. you know, they always come back around and what was old can be made new again. I exactly. Think. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you feel like there's more importance in your relationship with people and like connecting like as a seller than your actual items that you're selling, right? Like you mentioned, like it's about like who you buy for, like the experience you yeah. offer to people. Yeah. And, and I mean, what you also curate, like what you also want to sell, you mm -hmm. know, that, that also represents you as a, as a seller, you know, like what you're into, you know, I'll go to many booths where there's just kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go to booths where it's like curated all the pants certain shade, different sizes to blues, to light washes, to black denims, to green army pants. And then like you get t-shirts, sizes, years, you know, the 70s, then you have like the 90s, you know, or like early 2000 graphics. And, you know, it's just kind of how you present yourself, you know, as I a seller. I get you. Okay. So, um, yeah, you're telling me that everybody's got, like, their own, like, different things. You're mm -hmm. seeing some, like, versatility mm -hmm. and, like, their arrangements. Uh, but you're seeing some people um, focus on, like, one decade or one style. Mm -hmm. like, uh, what, like, what are you into exactly? And, like, um, like, like, what are your favorite things to, like, resell? Um, more so just, like, T-shirts. Obviously, everything, T-shirts, jackets, and pants. But mm -hmm. um, I'm just really into the... For sure, jackets. That's like my favorite Dude, thing to yeah, collect. Same. <laughs> so it's whether it's old sports jackets, um, old concert jackets. Like you'd be surprised what they did, you know, with jackets for every kind of like wrestling, basketball, football. Oh, sure, you yeah, know? yeah. Things that are worn once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's something that's never been touched, and you know, you, you're like lucky to kind of be the first one to break it in. Sometimes, you know, so a bunch of ways people can appreciate vintage and like whether they want their stuff pristine or like they. They like it worn and, you know, fits better on their body. It feels yeah. better on them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's like a, there's an exclusivity like element mm -hmm. to it too, you know, like um, I can remember, you know, a few years back that I found some vintage like Jordan 1s and they were like white with like uh, like a black gum bottom, mm -hmm. had like mm -hmm. the red uh, wings on it mm -hmm. and like like no one like knew where I got those from. I was, and they were like, dude, where'd you get those shoes from? And I was like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Like, mm -hmm. this is I'm like, <laughs> nobody else has these shoes. So, like, that that's something, too, that I think is, like, really special is no one else is going to have this right now. It's, you know, it's something that's, like, yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not, you're not walking in the Foot Locker and everyone's buying, like, the same exactly. 10 pair of shoes. You've got all these unique things that yeah. 
you know, are hard to find and not around anymore. You know, there might be the same guy with the same tea, but it's just kind of hard. Like, it's a very, like, you don't know the limited quantity amount oh, of, yeah. like, that specific, you know, T-shirt, whether, you know, a lot of them got shredded up and shipped out and there's only 100 in, you know, L.A. or, like, there's only 20 in L.A. or, you know, spread out across everywhere. Because, I mean, it's a... Yeah, it's a community in LA, but it spreads like you know people travel Arizona. Like Arizona's big, Sacramento's huge, um, New York has a small scene, uh, Florida's big. Like, just you know, it's it's growing. It's really growing. Like, and it's really spreading. You know, is it hard to get into the the marketplace? Like to get into these markets and stuff? Is it hard to get a spot? Um, no, I think you just have to have the money to put up for your booth spaces. I mean, more and more they're putting like restrictions on like. Uh, you have to buy like three spots, like three spaces um, for each month. Like you can't just buy one and then now they don't have somebody for, you know, ex- this this day or, you know, this week or I mean this month weekend. So they try to um, have people like pay in advance or, but it's it's not, I don't think it's crazy hard. You just have to have the inventory for it um, and the patience to, you know, get all this stuff and then sell it, you know, and you're, you're going to run into your good days and your bad days, but um that's what I respect about the people who do all, you know, these markets every weekend is, you know, they're, they're in it, you know, and they're working for themselves and they're selling their own shit. Yeah. So. Is it a supportive space when you're in the market? Is there, does um, it feel competitive or is everyone kind of rooting for everybody? Um, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, like all things, there's you know, competition, you know. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, it's peace. I'm pretty sure there's like little issues here and there. But at the end of the day, none of that's like that serious. So for the most part, people are supportive, you know want to work with each other well you mentioned inventory and it kind of reminded me of like when i'm djing like creating you know finding records um finding songs like digging for stuff i apply that to like my preparation for like uh like music for the saxophone how important is is preparation because it sounds like you know for for me my library is huge like when i have that together i know that i can like take on like any sort of like challenge like how important is that prep process for you like when you're trying to find um when you're doing like the bin thing and everything i don't necessarily do the bins a lot um i've done them like a pretty good handful of times but uh, it's not where we like live to find clothes but when we were there and the stories that i hear from my friends or the things that i've witnessed that that are from people that have been there four years before I even stepped foot in the bins, they know how to spot something while it rolls by. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know how the Goodwill bins work, but they wheel that in was- like um, huge blue bins, probably the size like from that stretch of that to that. Okay. And it's like a big pit of clothes or whatever they decide to throw in there. There's like four or like five bins dedicated to books. There's like uh, four or five bins dedicated to like junk toys, shoes. Um, there's one bin or two bins dedicated to just shoes and a bunch of whole mess in between. And then there's like at least 10 bins dedicated to just clothes. And they wheel by one by one um, or like section by section. And each section has like four, five bins maybe. Um, Everyone waits around it as they come in. Nobody can touch it once they all get there. And then the person who's rolling them in rolls in the last one. As soon as they say go, everybody just starts... Just a free for all. Yeah, like a free for all, but like it's everyone lines up. It's it's a spot, you know, like right around the bin, the perimeter of the bin. Like, you know, people are looking at these come by, and some people are very sneaky, and they can like sneak their finger into a bin as it rolls by and then pull out something. (laughs) There's people who have gotten shit like that, and it's just like, yo, 
$400 tee, like, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, it's a good thing. It's either, like, some music stuff or, like, skateboarding. I mean, whatever people like that they, you know, geek out over, there's, I've seen people pull it, and it's just crazy to see that. But, you know, there's, like, a technique to, like, finding clothes like that, you know? I get you. So so quantity is important, but quality Quality is, is as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the bins are filled with clothes, so um, things used to be just a lot of T-shirts, and then... Um, more and more you would see people now curating for the women because they know it sells, but they have their own eye to curate for women that they want to sell to or like girl that they think like, okay, this would look cool on a girl or this is a certain style that I think is dope, you know? Okay. So it's just like up to preference of like what you want to, you know, find. You could sell some crap and pick it up and be okay with it or you can sell something dope that, you know, it's going to be good and, you know, someone's going to love. Right, right. Yeah. So you go to these markets for your sales. Do you also go online? Is that something that you guys do? eBay, uh, Depop, um, Grail. Just kind of uh, in the earlier days, it was easier to find steals for shirts that are like worth 200 250 now. But since everybody's kind of caught up to date, um, everyone wants to tax. Even like just everybody, like even Goodwill started their own like online thing and Salvation started their own e-commerce uh, mm-hmm. uh, section where they have two people kind of like two or three people working in the back and just kind of getting all the stuff that's been separated by the other people. And it's like in grades. So it would come like, this is the jewelry that's came in or like, this is the designer stuff that's came in. Take pictures of it, throw it online and put it for a certain price. I got you. Usually like an expensive price, but yeah, people call it sniping. Like when they pull something off like online, they get something for cheap, you know, and they're mm-hmm. able to like, you know, basically kind of like capture it for themselves, you know? So. It's a battlefield. Yeah, it is. It is a battlefield <laughs> online, you know? One one thing will get posted one minute, and then the next ten minutes it's gone. You know, refresh your screen and it's already sold. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you've been able to um, like combine your your photography like passion with um, with vintage clothing, because I, like I noticed like you're um, you're not only like a reseller, but you're you know you're, you're also like wearing the gear too. Mm-hmm. So like how how have you combined those two worlds? With photography and what I do as thrifting. Um, the way I combined it, it was getting into, like, sh- uh, shooting uh, people with the clothes on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is some way I could use my skill that I want to, like, progress and take it to a different direction other than just shooting people at a party or something like that. I would put, I would have my friend help me throw together outfits with the clothes that we collect. Yeah. And then we would find a model, you know, either someone pretty that we knew or someone has cool style already that we could throw them in some clothes and they would look good in. Um, and that's how like I tied it in and that kind of just kept going on that formula. We just kept kind of like running with it and then carried it on to with our other partners that we ended up being with. And they, you know, helped us put together more shoots and do more things and reach out to more people, you know, trying to like just kind of put ourselves in that scene. Not only do we just sell t-shirts, but we find ways and concepts to make it cool, like make it some way more palatable for you to like, Oh, this is tight, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's how I tied it in. Are you wearing anything of your stuff today? This is a, it's not really vintage. It's probably like 2000s era. It's like a Dickies jacket. Um, I got a uh, shout out to the person I traded it with. Uh, I traded it for some other hoodie that I bought. So it's like a good trade. I actually wear this. And then um, some pants I bought yesterday at a night market in Downey. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Research Vintage. They're in Downey by, I don't know if you know, like the famous uh, Raising Canes in Downey. Oh, tell it was me like about the, it. it was like the first one or like the first Raising Canes in Cali. Um, but they're like located right there. If you ever need a vintage clothes and you're in that L.A. area, hit them up. Um, yeah, some Anchor Blue baggy pants. I guess they're like a 
old skater jeans. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of those markets, man, because um, you know I'm I'm kind of hip to like you know crossroads and like wasteland, the ones that are like a little bit more like chains. But um, and and me, I'm new to LA. I haven't really uh, got to experience much of the scene. So, well, um, where do we go? Uh, <laughs> so down the alley, night market, DTA. So like, what we do is it's a night market. Uh, so think about like a flea market. With the vintage sellers, uh, or just like a low feelers where people are selling their own clothing brand, or like um, selling their creation of vintage, whether it's male, female creations, uh, or make sure both selling art, food. Uh, we have like f- like bunch of food vendors lined up. My well, the way my business partner Adrian likes to explain it, he goes a party with extra steps. You know, there's mm-hmm. just uh, things to do, things to see. Uh, we try to curate all our vendors, and we try to be with specific with who we. Um, want their sellers, you know, um, not saying like, oh, just people with big followings, but we look at your product. We look at like uh, what you do, like what you do and how you do it. Um, so we can, you know, we can help invite you to be a part and grow with us, you know, in this in this market. You know, a lot of people come and a lot of people love what they see from all these other vendors. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have unique businesses and um, they're really cool at the end of the day. And they're really out here do grinding and kind of like pushing what they love, whether they, you know, have a job and do this. They're just hustlers all around from like all ages you know we try to pull people from like all the markets and you know friends basically that we've just kind of been knowing throughout the years of doing this you know? what's the new one called it's just called down the alley market down the alley yeah down, dta but the act like the the handle we have for it is just dta and people remember that like they associate it with people say dtla market but right <laughs> um, just just because that we've been in downtown la but originally started in van nuys oh okay. we did the first three in van nuys and they were at like a movie warehouse and it was like enough space to house like at least 120 vendors. Mm-hmm. So we started out kind of smaller, but the first one we threw was a success. We didn't think we had all this, you know, support from all these people that had support from their own folks. And, you know, we just started with a bunch of our friends. And from that, it grew to other people knowing and other people seeing how they were going and their turnouts and just the overall feel of the market mm-hmm. and then other people started to catch on and be like what's this and that just brought more and more people and now we have like a a strong like a uh, foundation that we you know we're just trying to continue and make more moves this year so um when you guys go like you know uh, i got you guys with some drinks from oh, our, nice. oh, we're, definitely, from our, we're definitely gonna come check it out from our bartenders michi chewy shout out michi chewy nice so you talked about how you've kind of taken your photography and the the vintage clothing and kind of combined those two things is there any like particular areas or, or settings in LA that really inspire you that you like to photograph in? Downtown LA, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's a breakaway from here. Um, and I just, there's just a lot of like more graffiti, um, you know, more like raw, you know, whether it's like transient or just people who have shacked up their houses and it's like a complete mess or, you know, it's, it's just like either the chaos in the city or, you know, the peaceful beauty of what comes from destruction that leaves like whether it's like an abandoned space and there's just stuff in it and flowers have grown through all this mess and and grass is green as ever you know and you know just i just try to i don't don't know how to explain it what i've been doing lately is i'll get off on a certain bus stop i don't have a car so i'll get off on a certain bus stop i'll find a scooter and then i'll take the scooter and just pay like 30 minutes worth of time or an hour worth of time and then i'll just take it and just go all these little streets of LA, these little cuts and corners. And um, as I'm riding by, I'm just looking like yeah. left to my right. Um, am I seeing anything? There's something that catches my eye. As soon as I do, I 
take a second or two to say, should I stop here or should I pull over somewhere? And I just push the brakes and just park it up and then just go to where I'm seeing. If I see something that I thought I saw like while scootering, take a picture and get back on and keep going. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I went this route already, so let me make this right. You know, let me, let me make this left. All right, the goal is to get to LA or the goal is to get to the bridge. Where can I take the most obscure route and still get to the bridge, you know, like mm-hmm. different than when I took those. You're always, you're always looking for new routes and new mm-hmm. places. You never know like what's around the corner, you know, and, you know, thank God I've been safe all this time, but still like going around. Uh, just last night, I took photos with the graffiti writer um, named Hopes and the other one, his name is Acre. And they invited me to um, hang out, watch them paint um, and just kind of see how they get down in their process. Mm-hmm. These are like legends of like LA that paint. And it was just cool to be in the presence of like seeing them and how they do their work. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, the words Hopes um, on the I freeways. Have, I have seen that around, yeah. Big rolling. It's basically like a roller mm-hmm. and it's just blocked Hopes. That's who I was with and so yeah, you you taking these different um, th- these routes and like avenues, mm-hmm. like as you're trying to like uh, like like be inspired, like like one thing just kind of like leads you to another. Um, like, do do you ever feel like you're missing out on something, or is this kind of just your artistic process, like to um, to venture out and explore? I do sometimes. Um, I do feel like I'm missing out on stuff, and that's why like I'm trying to get more in it. Um, I had a lot of like things holding me back. Either it was in my own head or, like, where few people in my life or what I was giving my time and energy to. So more so now this year and a bit of the last year, I've been trying to really just put my foot out and just start shooting whatever and whenever. That was, like, one of the things I felt like I was missing graffiti culture, and I wanted to, like, dive into that and dabble into maybe even doing writing myself. But um, I wanted to capture that, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's history. You got to document it, you know, and that's what I want to do, document people's work. Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who's who's maybe like doing uh, photography or, you know, digital and not work, not sure about film or um, maybe someone who's thinking about like developing another trade, but, you know, they want to work on this one first. Like it sounds like both of your trades like photography and um, and art, your vision for vintage have kind of like come together like at the same time like what advice can you give to somebody who's like a little bit timid to like step in like two directions at once i just say do it um just you know that's always say best foot forward um if you really love doing this you know do it if you don't and if you're gonna complain about this and that about you know it costs money to do all this stuff you know and it costs your time and dedication to like you'd rather be here or you'd rather be there you know choosing what you love to do you know, so whatever you're going to do, do it to your fullest or try your best to do it to your fullest. You know, people who want to do multiple things at once is they should, you know, it's about working and doing as much as you can. But also there's also a saying that like, you know, the master of a many is like the master of none or something like that. Mm. So, you know, find your things that you that you love to do and just stick to it. You know, Who are some of your, your influences? Like, who do you look up to? I know that you mentioned like a few people by name, but. Do you have anybody else for for photography or for art? Um, you mentioned the guys that you were like hanging out with before. Uh, just one of my close friends, um, my boy Adrian. I think he's my business partner, but all, and my friend. But um, he inspires me the most because he just does it. You know, he doesn't find an excuse. It's kind of like I look back to it and I'm just thinking like, what would he tell me? Or like, well, how would I like? Like, if I'm not doing this, like, I gotta do this shit. You know, and that's the most inspiration I can get is just get off off your ass and do it. You know whether his criticism is like meant to make you feel good or bad or however, um, it's always real. So I 
I'm inspired by him. Nice. Yeah, I mean that that's what we're trying to like like do here with uh with Indie LA is sort of like build a network of like inspiration, like um, you know, collaboration, putting people on to different artists and different things. Because, you know, you, you can have a lot of, like, artists that you, like, look up to, but um, th there's nothing more real, nothing more important, I think, than your close friends and, like, family, you know? Like, like the people who are, like, there with you, like, in your life. Um, like, that's that's really important to, like, develop those relationships for sure. There's there's so many things, like, that cross over. Like, you're using your photography, then it's taking you in a different direction with your, your vintage clothing. And yeah. everyone everyone has all these different skills and talents, and they, they really do cross over. There's so much room for collaboration yeah there's many of times where me and my uh my boy adrian have gotten gigs together just because i don't have a car again so i roll with him everywhere um whether it's an event because we're both interested in going because we're both interested in making connections with these, pe with these people um you know and ultimately just become our friends just because they're cool people you know to be around and um you know we don't like to present ourselves as weird so you know we like to get along with a lot of people and, um, you know, provide opportunities where they provide opportunities for us. You know, it's like you help us out, we help you out. Mm -hmm. you know, they they helped us out. We're going to return the favor. You know, it's about taking care, taking care of people that take care of you as well. You know? Yeah. So so that opportunity is, is like the mm -hmm. most important thing. You yeah. Think. Yeah. Opens up a lot of doors for sure. So, Mike, tell me about like some other projects or like avenues, like things that you're working on you're looking forward to. Um, one thing I uh, recently started a few months ago, um, aside from me and my, my boy Adrian, um, I partnered up with one of my homies. Um, he goes by Outtacut. Uh, he started this brand called Snipe, um, and he was doing some, you know, stuff for it already. Um, and then he asked me to be a part of it and be a part of like this process of um, helping him create these issues in magazines. So if you don't know, Snipe is my brand with my homie. Uh, we are a skateboard X-rated skateboarding magazine clothing brand. Um, we're dabbling in making clothes. We're dabbling in making issues, um, getting people exposure, as well as just building a, a community of people, whether it's creative, you know, building a team of writers, artists, you know, to really push this and make something for the culture, you know, make something for the, for the scene. And it's not just, you know, skaters, but it's everyone who wants to kind of just read in, laugh, uh, remind, you know, some nostalgic feeling, but also something where it's like um, hood, skate, you know, uh, women kind of thing. Okay. Like I said, X-rated skateboarding magazines. So. All right. Where where can we check that out? Yeah, Snipe Los Angeles is the handle. Um, it's in my bio on film.org. Um, or you can just look up Snipe Los Angeles on um, Instagram and uh, you'll see it. Uh, we already have like four issues out. Stay tuned for a launch party. It's going to be a video release, sweaters, hoodies, um, hopefully pants, skate decks, and uh, physical magazines uh, with like six issues in one book so nice um awesome. we're trying to you know get something popping for the summer you know people want to party we're gonna make it a thing so it's gonna be like a gallery premiere party you know it's just gonna be a vibe oh and then uh yeah there's that and then another uh thing i'm starting as well with um with my partner adrian and uh my other friend uh alan we're gonna open an art gallery um in sherman so, oaks hopefully you know fingers crossed everything goes well with the spot and we attain it but um opening an art gallery so you know opportunities for people and artists and whoever want to rent out the space to uh as a platform you know feel free to you do it we'll be curating shows and um and it would also double as a art store during the day so selling art supplies graph you know painters uh people who draw you know kind of all mediums even you know shooting as far as film you know 
come by and get your film there. Spray cans, you know. Oh, cool. Just a bunch of stuff. Just yeah. kind of a bunch of stuff. It's a creative house, you know, turning our old spot into and just flipping it into something else. Sweet. Well, man, a lot of exciting projects coming up for you yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, we're definitely going to want to go check those out. Well, where do uh, where do the people find you so they can uh, find those projects? Um, they can find me on Instagram uh, or Twitter uh, at film.org, F-I-L-M-D-O-T-O-R-G. All the stuff is in my bio. Um, DTA Market, you know, if you want to look at that up. Snipe Los Angeles and yeah, um, Garage Space LA or Garage Space is what the art store is going to be called. So um, we don't we have like a dummy account for it just to kind of have an account, but feel free to follow if you want to. Oh, oh man, well yeah, we're really looking forward to all of those projects and uh, and definitely like the market. Your art gallery show sounds awesome, and um, yeah, dude, we can't wait to see it. All right, thank you. Thanks so much for coming. I appreciate you guys. Thank you.